If you've ever read any of my stuff, you will notice a phrase very frequently in the things that I write. God is so funny and he is so strange. I did mention to you at the beginning of this time that um, God asked me to speak on interruptions tonight. Apparently he desired an illustration as he sent my dog and my granddaughter both to uh, make a joyful noise at a time of night where usually everything is quiet here. Um, I pray you will forgive the interruption. As we turn back again to Mary, as she's engaged to Joseph, betrothed, which is actually a far more serious thing than what we typically consider engagement. Um, it is as binding as being married without having consummated the marriage. Um, so we see at this moment, while she is waiting to consummate her marriage, the Holy Spirit comes upon her and she is going to be pregnant with a baby. And so then we switch over to Matthew and we see the same thing where his mother Mary has been betrothed to Joseph. And before they got together, the Holy Spirit came in the midst of the scene and suddenly she's going to have a baby. Now, God works this out, obviously, between the two of them. He lets them know that this is part of the plan through the angels and through dreams. Um, but the reality is, is their lives that they had planned were suddenly going in a totally different direction. They had had a really radical interruption in the plans that they had desired for their lives. Not only was the pregnancy a radical interruption, but then suddenly in the midst of the pregnancy, as they're preparing to have a baby, Caesar calls a, um, a census and they have to interrupt their lives and travel to Bethlehem where Joseph is from so that they can do the census there. And then after they have once again settled back after the census is over with, um, they come to the Magi come to see them. And once again, God comes to Joseph in a dream and tells him that Herod is going to come try to kill the baby and that they need to flee. And so once again, their lives are completely interrupted. Their plans are interrupted. They flee to Egypt. They settle in. They start making a life there in Egypt. And again, Herod dies. And Joseph has a vision. And their new life is interrupted as they go back to Galilee. This is the story of Jesus's life. It begins as an interruption in the life of two people. It begins as an interruption in the genealogy of the world that goes all the way back to Adam in one of the genealogies. It begins as a radical interruption in the history of creation. The life of Jesus, when God became man, the incarnation of the divine into the infant child, interrupted the course of human history and set it moving in a different direction. The Holy Spirit 
I am beginning to understand as I read these passages that the Lord has brought to mind is a spirit of interruption. <laughs> and from our perspective, it may seem haphazard and it does sometimes seem haphazard how the Lord works. It seems haphazard when my dog starts barking or my granddaughter comes wandering in at 11 o'clock at night when she's supposed to be asleep. It seems haphazard and yet we know that it's not. We know that the God of creation knew the beginning from the end, or knew the end from the beginning, sorry, um, in that he has known from before anything took its first breath, before there was light, before he spoke light into existence, he knew the things that he was going to do along the way. And so from our perspective, the Holy Spirit is an interrupter. And he is an interrupter. Um, but from the perspective of God, he's not an interrupter. He is doing the things that were meant to be from creation. He is bringing the power and the love and the grace of God into the lives of his people at just the moments when they need him. He is moving in perfect timing to bring about the reconciliation of all of creation and the glorification of the Lord. What an amazing concept. But as I said, from our perspective, he seems to be a bit of an interrupter and this goes on. So, you know, we see that, that Jesus was an interruption in the life of Mary and Joseph. He was an interruption in the history of the world and he moves along and we see that the Holy Spirit continues this pattern of interruption with Jesus. Um, when he's 12, he interrupts his parents' journey home from Jerusalem by getting lost and stay, staying in the temple. They had to come back and get him. Um, and when he begins his ministry, he comes to John the Baptist at the River Jordan. And this is what it says. It says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So again, you have Jesus beginning this process of coming into his ministry. Um, he's beginning his public ministry with baptism. Uh, he kind of interrupts the process of John happily baptizing all of those who were coming to him for the repentance of sin with this production of the heavens opening above him and the Holy Spirit descending upon him and the voice of God speaking like thunder from heaven that was an interruption in an otherwise relatively ordinary day. And then this trajectory, this, this anointing that the Lord has just placed upon him, calling him his beloved and calling him into, into that activity of the spirit is once again interrupted. And Jesus suddenly finds himself in the wilderness fasting for 40 days and nights. 
um, waiting for the devil to come and tempt him. So the Holy Spirit, once again, interrupts what seems to be a straight line thought, right? Because as a Christian, I think to myself, oh, I've decided to follow Jesus and I'm going to do what he says. And, oh, he has called me into ministry. So I am going to step right on out there. And it is very clear he's called me into ministry and I have signs and wonders from the Lord and I'm going to step on into that. And the next thing I know, I'm in a valley and I'm going, what happened? Was I completely wrong? Not necessarily because the Holy Spirit is an interrupter. He interrupts from our perspective, the paths that we walk on because they are not the paths we think we should. This is the thing about God. He lays before us the things that we should do, but we don't always see them and we don't always expect them. We don't always know what it is that we're supposed to be doing. And oftentimes we see a path in front of us that does not appear to be what we were thinking it was going to be. So if I think that I'm going to be in ministry, I don't think that I'm suddenly going to be scrubbing toilets in the church. And yet that might very well be the thing that the Lord needs me to do in order to become a servant and in order to become humble enough for the Holy Spirit to work in me and through me in order for the people that I'm speaking to, to hear me, I may need to take a detour. So we see this with Jesus, the son of God had to go to a detour that took him through 40 days and nights of starvation and fasting and through trials with the tempter to come and get him to give in to that weakness in his body. And then Jesus goes into Galilee. This is after John, who had been baptizing, was radically interrupted by arrest. So as Jesus is going about this, he, he is now empowered by the presence of the Holy Spirit in him. And one of the first things he does is go walking in Galilee and he calls Simon and he calls Andrew and then he calls James and he calls John and he tells them to follow him. And what do they do? They drop their nets and off they go. Once again, interruption in the normal of the day-to-day -day lives of these men, their lives that they had been pursuing their business that they had been pursuing, this fishing business that they had been done, uh, been doing. They walk away from that. All that they had at the time to follow Jesus because they're prompted and drawn by that Holy Spirit in him. And as Jesus continues on after that, you see him go to... Um, he goes and he is healing and news is spreading and they're he hearing all about him. Um, and Jesus goes on and he is walking along and, um, oh, and he goes and he's teaching. And as he's teaching, someone puts a paralytic down through the roof in the middle of his sermon, in the middle of his lesson, so that he can heal him. And his sins are forgiven. And you get this blasphemy thing um, that he's accused of by the scribes that are there. And right after this, you see him call Matthew. 
who is sitting there in his tax booth doing his job, and Jesus says, follow me, and suddenly he rises and he follows him. And so what you have is this pattern of interruption in scripture. You have this pattern of people, ordinary people, going about their ordinary lives, doing their ordinary things, and suddenly they encounter Jesus Christ. And their whole life is interrupted and the trajectory is changed. And they go on to build the kingdom of God. And I think the last thing, the thing that God really showed me as far as what started me down the path of interruption was in Acts chapter 2, we have the coming of the Holy Spirit. So you have the disciples are praying together. They're expecting something. And I will say that at this point in time, this is not their normal. They're, they have been gathered together for 10 days since the Lord was lifted up into heaven, praying and waiting for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And then on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit falls like a, like a windstorm in the room that they're in. And they start talking in tongues and the Holy Spirit is moving and he's giving them utterances. And it's not their lives at this moment in time that are interrupted. Their lives had been interrupted, right, by following Jesus. And then their ministry was interrupted by the crucifixion and their mourning was interrupted by the resurrection. Um, and the the days after where Jesus walked with them and talked with them and, and reinstated some of them. And that is then interrupted by Jesus ascending into heaven and they're waiting. And so they're in this moment where the Holy Spirit once again comes to interrupt, but he's not there to interrupt the apostles and the disciples. He is instead there to interrupt all of the Jews that had come to Jerusalem for the celebration of Pentecost. So you have these thousands of Jews that have come for their normal celebration, their normal feast in Jerusalem, that suddenly their rituals have been interrupted by the sudden appearing and outpouring of the Holy Spirit, by the disciples standing and speaking the good news of Jesus Christ, by Peter's sermon where he tells them all that God has done and that this is what Joel had foretold, that the Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. And he tells them of what they have done to Jesus and who he was. And he tells them that they need to repent and be baptized, every one of them in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of their sins. And that they will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so they invite all of these people to be baptized, to allow the Holy Spirit's words and movement and power to come and interrupt their lives and make it something different than it was. I think today the Lord has been trying to remind me of something that I truly know. Um, and I think we all need this reminder. We get very settled in how we do things. We get very settled in our routines. We get settled in our schedules and the idea of what is normal for us. And we get very frustrated when something comes along and derails our plans or frustrates us. We get inflexible when God calls us 
to go do something right here, right now, when Jesus is walking along the beach and says, come follow me, our response is not to drop our nets and go. Our response is to come up with all the reasons why we got to wait a little while. That isn't to say that every one of us should drop our nets and go to Kentucky today. Trust me, I wish that that was what God was telling me. He's not. And at the same time, when the Holy Spirit prompts us to do something, when he puts an interruption in our path, when he moves in our lives and changes our trajectory, when he bounces us off course because we're going the wrong way, even if it's a good way, it's not where he intends us to be right now. It is necessary for us to be willing to be interrupted, whether it's by our dog or our grandchild or whether it is by the living God who desires to pour out his Holy Spirit on us to create in us new hearts and new wine to make us holy and bold and joyous and contagious in all of that. The Holy Spirit desires to make us ready to carry the inbreaking kingdom of God. But we have to be willing for him to interrupt what we think our day is supposed to look like. So I pray today, Father God, that you would interrupt us again. That your Holy Spirit would come and disrupt our normals. I pray, God, that you would give us the strength and the courage to embrace the reality that that is what you tell us is necessary for us to walk in your kingdom. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the taste of that that you are pouring out at Asbury. I thank you, Lord God, that that will not be the only thing. That will not be the only time and it will not be the only place that your spirit is coming, Father, that he is pouring out on all flesh, just as, just as you foretold that he would do, that he is pouring out on all flesh. God, make us receptive. Help us to receive your spirit, Lord God, so that we can be changed, so that we can be interrupted so that our trajectory can be turned to what you need it to be. Father God, help us to be ready to be interrupters in other people's lives, to interrupt the addictions, to interrupt the pain, to interrupt the oppression, to interrupt the anger and the rage and the bitterness, to interrupt the fear and the anxiety. Father, help us to be interrupters Help us to step into the midst of the worst and the most difficult and the darkest places and interrupt it with the blaze of light that is your presence. Holy Spirit, come. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed.